Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Friday Conversations. Today I'm joined by Emma Cowell who has recently become a consultant solicitor and in her words is paving the way for a legal revolution. So I'm hoping she's going to tell us all about that. So Emma, thank you for joining me and come and introduce yourself to everybody. Thanks Hannah. So yeah, I'm Emma. I am um, a recently joined consultant solicitor. Um, I'm originally from Sheffield, now living in Manchester. I got into law from watching a lot of Legally Blonde. I thought I was going to have the pink smart car and the little chihuahua. Um, it hasn't quite turned out that way. I <laughs> um, started my legal career at a firm in Sheffield and then moved to Manchester. Um, and then as we were coming out of um, lockdown towards well, sort of this time last year, left employed law and um, looked for other options, became a consultant solicitor. And here we are today. Oh, do you know, I love it because you are a little bit younger than me, Emma. And yeah, I went into it because of Legally Blonde. Well, no, I didn't go into it because of Legally Blonde because actually Legally Blonde came out when I was at university. Um, so yeah, it was more Ally McBeal for me. Yeah, yeah. Legally Blonde was the newer version of Ally McBeal, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I still love Legally Blonde though. Still, yeah. I've had my son watching that too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, also not not quite like that either. Um, but no, it's, it's really exciting to talk to you today. Um, and we're going to cover lots of things with, with Emma in today's episode. Because yes, she is a, um, a fairly new consultant solicitor, about six or so months into it. She does also work with me. So I will give that, uh, you know, I'll be honest with everybody in, in the audience that um, Emma does work with me and I'm really lucky to, to have her. Um, but she's, she's, I suppose, what we would say is on the more junior side of consultant solicitors. Um, so maybe she'll tell us a bit about that experience as well while, while we're chatting today. Um, and she's got a lot of other strings to her bow. She's interested in a lot of other things as well. Um, so, Emma, tell us, what made you decide to leave uh, normal practice? Um, I was at breaking point, really. I, I think... The pandemic and the two years it had been before that had taken its toll it was as a lot of legal practices are a really high stress environment with not always a great amount of support um and yeah I felt like I was at breaking point it was it got to the stage where I felt like if I didn't leave I would burn out and I had to make a decision and in that decision I chose me and my mental health and my well-being over the job because at that stage I didn't even know if I would stay in law I was leaving law to potentially just get out of it altogether so um yeah it was definitely a decision of picking me and it's one of the bravest decisions I've ever made and perhaps will ever make yeah do you know I it resonates with me in a lot of ways because I did similar so I left um normal practice about 10 years ago not not to have it, not having anything to go to. I thought I was going to set up my children's online clothing business, which people might have heard me talk about before. And I messed about with that for a few months before I realised I was never going to make as much money as I would as a lawyer. Uh, and I think you've got your own version of that story as well. Um, but the difference between my story and yours that I think is really interesting is that I just had my first son. So it sort of was allowed for me to leave um, because it was sort of, oh no, I can't make work-life balance work. I can't make the hours work and the commuting and all that sort of thing. But I know looking back now that that was not the reason that was an excuse. I, I could use the fact that I was a mum now to leave 
Whereas I don't, you know, I wouldn't have felt I had the like the permission, if you like, to get out, and yet you did, and that is so brave. It's really good. Yeah, it was it was really hard because, like you say, it's not the done thing. Um, I was six years qualified. I'm just coming up to seven years qualified now. So I was at the start of my career. I was at the stage where the next step would have been to go for promotion to be the next level of solicitor. Um, it wasn't the done thing at all. And there were certainly some people who, when I said this is what I'm doing, couldn't understand it at all. Um, but I just had a knowing in me. I just knew that I couldn't stay there and that if I was brave enough to leave, something even better would be waiting for me. And I just had to trust that and jump. But yeah, for the, I'd say for a good six weeks after I handed my notice in, I literally felt like I was in free fall without a parachute and I had no idea where I was going to land. Yeah, yeah, no, I I know that feeling. In fact, I looking back, it was it was my dad who said to my husband at the time, she won't stay out of law. And my husband was like, yes, she will. She's left now. She, you know, she, she wants to be a full-time mum and she doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore. And my dad was like, no, she won't stay out of it. And he obviously knew me very well because it was only <laughs> six months later. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you found this, this transition from employed lawyer in a tra very traditional, normal firm that you were working at into this consultancy model how, how have you found the first what six seven months yeah so seven months in now um it's on the whole it's really great I absolutely love it it gives me so much more flexibility and freedom and it's given me the control back in the job so I to a certain extent can pick the jobs that I take on pick how much I charge for those jobs pick when I do them obviously subject to client demand um which has meant that I have more time for going running I can go running at lunchtime or I can nip to the shops or do other things that make up my life not just law um it it does take a bit of getting used to because we're so conditioned to be sat at our desks from nine till half five six seven whatever time it was um and not having someone there that you are holding yourself accountable to essentially has taken quite a lot of getting used to you'll still feel a bit guilty if you're in the supermarket at like three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, you'll still get the feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but I've learned so much over these seven months from having to start my own business, having to get an accountant in, having to manage my finances and actually get better at talking about finances as well. So if I don't talk about it, that's how I get paid. So I need to be asking how much I'm getting paid for this job, or I need to be raising bills as soon as matters are finished. Otherwise, I don't get paid. And that is such a huge shift from employed law, where there tends to be a bill fairy that's sorting all that stuff out for you, and you don't have much involvement in that. Um, but yeah, it's been great. I'm so glad that I made the decision. Oh, fantastic. No, you, you're absolutely right. I There's so much now looking back that as a self-employed lawyer, you think, wow, wouldn't it be useful if other lawyers knew this as well? And just as you say, like with bills, completely. I mean, I can't even remember if I was involved with billing at the time when I was back in normal practice. I might have been, you know, you had to print off the performer and write things on it and then someone signed it and then something <laughs> happened and maybe you sent it to the client. But it was always after the transaction we were always getting the transaction done and then at some point later we might send a bill and 
I presume the client paid it. I don't know. I never really got involved in any of that because every month we'd get our salary. Whereas, you know, in, in, in the in the self-employed world, it's no, get that bill on completion because that's when the client's going to be motivated to pay it. Um, and, you know, and it matters when they pay it because that's when you get paid. Uh, now, I know obviously our, our audience is a, is a mixture of people, but I just think there's so much from running your own business that would be useful for employed lawyers to know as well for, for the purposes of the firm and better management and efficiency and everything. Yeah, 100%. Even like the drive to do business development, I felt as an employed lawyer, it was one of those sort of extracurricular activities where you could get involved if that was your style. But if that wasn't for you, you didn't have to. And that was absolutely fine. You weren't rewarded any better, particularly for doing that or for not doing that. Um, whereas when you are self-employed, the onus is on you. You need to be building your clients. You, even you need to build, be building your own personal brand in a way that you don't when you're employed. But firms could be so much more profitable if everybody was invested in bringing, bringing in new clients and doing the BD stuff. Mm, no, I agree. I, you, you know, I agree because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> in fact, we had a great chat in January, didn't we? And, and you went off and did some LinkedIn posts and even got some potential clients coming to you straight away, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it always, I think BD's always felt scary because there's this impression that it's like walking into a room full of people that you don't know and having to make small talk, but it's actually so much wider than that and you can start off a level that you feel comfortable with which might just be posting on LinkedIn or sending a LinkedIn message and it doesn't have to be walking into that big scary room yeah 100% 100% maybe we'll do another episode sometime all about business development yeah that would be a good plan <laughs> but no you're right and I agree I agree I think there's so many skills that employed lawyers could could pick up as well so um yeah that 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 is something i keep mulling over and talking to people about um but in terms of your journey um so you've been five or six months setting up your um consultancy business but you've also been busy with with something else as well do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so what I found when I was looking to leave law is that there was very limited information out there as to um first of all what your other options were so if you didn't want to be a lawyer what else you could do but also how you go about leaving law how how you actually make that transition um I did a couple of google searches as I was thinking of handing my notice in of like what can you do with a law degree um and the answers that come back are not particularly that helpful they perhaps suggest you could do HR or PR and like I could do that, but I don't have any qualifications to do that. So it's probably not the best fit for me to do that. Um, so I wanted to create a platform whereby information is out there. So if people are feeling like I was, which is stuck in that role, it's not quite working for them anymore, but they have no idea what else they would want to do next. And that's the thing that's stopping them leaving or stopping them looking at other options. A platform of information whereby people can get that help and support um, as I started doing that I also thought actually this is really just the cure so if people are already at that stage this is the cure for them to get out and what we could do with is also the prevention element as well so that people don't get to that stage where they feel like leaving um, I know if I'd have spoken out earlier about how I was feeling I might not be in this position now um, 
So I also want the platform to support people who are in law, who aren't enjoying it, but who don't particularly want to leave, just want a better way of working or better working practices. Um, so the website went live on the 14th of February as like a love yourself for Valentine's Day and make a positive change in your career. <laughs> mm. So tell us what the website is. What's the address? It is lawlifemanchester.co.uk and it's an information resource partly. So um, links to YouTube videos or links to external resources or um, my suggestions for other alternative careers or ways you can improve your current role, but also acting as a mentoring platform. So there's opportunities to work with me as your mentor um, where we can discuss all these things on a one-on-one -on -one basis and put a personalized action plan in place for each individual. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Yeah. You know, I wish that had been around 10, 11 years ago when I was leaving as well. Yeah, I wish it was around last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's br that's brilliant, Emma. And I have no doubt that you're going to get so much take up from, from that. I, I really do. I'll make sure it's in the show notes, the address details for people as well. And of course, they should find you on LinkedIn as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's so valuable that people feel they've got somebody they can go to to just bat ideas around with because they might be talking to their friends or their family um and you know i'm i'm i don't know is it fortunate or unfortunate i don't know fortunate enough to be married to a lawyer and i know you're engaged to a lawyer as well so in some respects we can have those conversations with them and they get it but for other people who perhaps don't have lawyers Im immediately around them in their friends and family it can be difficult to have that conversation because i think to, to the outside world, our profession does look bonkers. Um, you know, I, I did hear somebody say in a training last year that what um, what we lack in law is a sense of the ridiculous. <laughs> in any other profession, they would look at us and say, but that's ridiculous. You know, the hours we might work and how, you know, this, this competition about, oh, I had a completion until 2 a.m. or I had a completion until 3 a.m., et cetera. How many, hours, how many hours did I work this week? Or I worked 80 hours this week any other profession would look at that and say that's ridiculous but we don't have that and i think even when you're thinking about leaving it there's so much of our identity and who we think we are and what we think we are tied up with that title of solicitor lawyer whatever it is and i think um it's difficult for other people to understand that yeah definitely and it's difficult to find someone impartial to talk to i found as well because even though my fiance is in law, so does understand the challenges, he also needs someone to contribute to the mortgage. So he's not about to just say, give up your job and don't get paid because he needs someone paying the mortgage. And same with my friends, a lot of my friends are also solicitors. So it felt a bit like I was criticizing their career choice as well when I'm saying, actually, this is not right and this is not working. And then when you turn to your family, they don't get it and they say, oh, well, you've worked so hard to get here. Why would you give it all up? You've got a well-paid job. Why could you possibly leave that? They don't see everything else that goes with it. They just see the title and the salary and think you would be mad to leave that. Um, so it's really difficult to find somebody that is impartial, that doesn't care about the bills or about how many how much time you spent in getting to that position, but who can actually see you as a person and think, for this person what is the best choice right now 
There you go. That that's exactly why people should should contact you and, and have a look at the website. So hopefully they will. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, Emma, because I, as I said to you, the whole uh, when we set up Friday Conversations podcast, it was all around lockdown. That's when we set it up, and and the future of the profession after lockdown. So I'd love to ask you, what were your highs and lows of this whole last couple of pandemic years? Um. So I would say the high for me of the pandemic was pretty much as soon as we went into the first lockdown I saw it as an opportunity to not not do things or continue to do things the same way that they had always been done just because that's how they'd always been done so I already started at that stage to review my working hours I think not necessarily my working hours but more when I was working and when I was doing the work um I think at the start of the first lockdown, we had a really balmy like April and Easter where it was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> um, so it definitely got me thinking, why am I sat inside? If it's warm outside at four o'clock, why don't I sit outside and have an ice cream and then make do an extra half an hour in the evening once the sun's gone in? Or it just gave me that chance to reflect, um, which you, we hadn't had that before because you're so busy on the hamster wheel of life of just get stuff done get your head down move on to the next day that I never had a chance to stop and think I knew it wasn't working but I hadn't had a chance to stop and think well, what else could this be um so the high of lockdown for me was definitely just having that breathing space to think okay this is not quite it and what is next um it also came with a bit of a reality check that nobody expected the pandemic and yet it completely changed our lives and it was that sense of anything could happen and you've got no idea what's coming next so why would you sit in something that you're not happy with if because it might change tomorrow um why don't you get out and do something better if it's going to make you happier and so that was the high the low I would say was um, not see my family. So my family are all based in Sheffield. So I had, well, me and my mum had this rule that we never normally go more than like three weeks without seeing each other. So all through university, all up until that point, I'd never gone more than three weeks without seeing my mum. So, and I think during the first lockdown, I had to go three months without seeing her. So that was really hard. I've got a little nephew as well who was changing so much because he was growing. And you can see them on video, but it's not quite the same as being able to go and give them a hug or chat to them properly. So that was definitely a low. But it's made the family times now even better because you appreciate them so much more. Mm. Oh, that sounds so similar to, to to my experience in lockdown when my my sister had her first baby, so my niece was born, and it was it, that was probably one of the hardest things for me. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. To have, um, you know, I couldn't be with her in the last stages of her pregnancy. I remember meeting her at a service station a week before lockdown because we knew it was coming, and we even kept our distance then to give to um, give her some of the baby things from us for her to have. And that was the last time I saw her then until, goodness, months, six or seven months later. Um, and like you say, I saw the baby through window, through glass, on video, but it was it was so hard. It was yeah. so, so hard. But as you say, the upside is, I mean, personally, with, with my family, 
I've never felt closer to them, never felt closer to them than I do now as a result of all that time not seeing them and um, making up for it since. Yeah. 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 And I totally agree with you. Uh, even at the beginning of lockdown, when I was talking to anybody about that, you know, people were asking, what do you think the impact will be on the legal profession? And I said then, do you know what I hope the impact is? That it gives people a chance to think about their life and what they want and get off the conveyor belt, as you were talking about, of just doing the same thing every day, because we're too tired and exhausted to think of anything else. And we don't know any other way. So we'll just keep doing it. And the pandemic gave people that chance to think differently yeah yeah definitely I think without the pandemic I don't think I would have left at least not at the time that I did leave that definitely gave me the reality check and the push to say come on you've got to take some action now yeah yeah so what would you say um is, a, is one of the biggest lessons you've learned as a result of the pandemic, either for yourself or for about the legal profession? Um, I would say definitely for myself, but also probably as a wider society point, I am much more social than I previously thought I was. Mm. I would have definitely labelled myself as a slight introvert um, who doesn't get energy from big social situations or from gatherings um but when you spend a lot of time like what is it three months where you're just in the house with one other person I definitely realized I needed people (laughs) no offense to my fiance he was great but um, I need to see more than just him (laughs) yeah that's interesting isn't it I think a lot of people learn things about themselves in that time yeah yeah you you don't realize how much you miss just having either someone to have a chat with whether that's in the office or a friend that you could meet or someone to hug you or you don't miss you don't realize how much you miss that social contact um so that was a big lesson for me yeah yeah no I agree with you yeah there's so many valuable lessons in that time that I hope we take with us I hope even as we go out into I hate to use the phrase, but you know, whatever the new normal is going to be, whatever new life looks like, I hope some of those lessons we keep with us. I I think we will, because I don't know how we could go through something that was pretty life changing and then forget about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, well, thank you so much, Emma. I know we could talk all day about all sorts of things, but thank you so much for coming to join us on the podcast. And I'm going to make sure people have got a link in the show notes to your website. And I would suggest they go and have a look and connect with you on LinkedIn. And um, who knows, I suspect we'll have another conversation another time. But thank you very much for coming to join me. Thanks, Hannah.